This is Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Jack Thurston and this is The Bike Show. week it's come round again and we're particularly excited about this year's bike week because it coincides with the second London architectural biennale from the 16th to the 25th of June so there's a complete overlap there between celebrating the bicycle and celebrating London's architecture and the clever people responsible for these events have decided to join forces and there's a whole lot going on um, from architect-led and designer-led bike tours um, like Wayne Hemingway um, who's leading a tour actually as we speak Monday evening around the South Bank um, and further afield looking at housing, public housing, social housing over the decades. Um, There's a ride uh, on Tuesday tomorrow 20th of June also in the evening are looking at schools and the different kinds of architecture in London schools. There's the changing face of London um, on Thursday the 22nd of June, looking at all kinds of issues related to urban change and regeneration in the London area. And I'll be talking about a few more of those rides later in the show. But one of the really big event of um, Bike Week and Architecture Week is a special exhibition down in Tooley Street in London Bridge called Reinventing the Bike Shed. And this is a project basically trying to challenge people to come up with better ways of storing bicycles, keeping them secure, keeping them um, out of harm's way, keeping them dry um, for the people who, who, who want to take them home and not come back to find them all bent out of shape or nicked or uh, worse. And anyway, um, there's this great big exhibition down there. It's the partnership of Southwark Cyclists working with um, a whole load of architectural um, practices. And I chatted to um, Stephanie Laslett, who is uh, the, uh, one of the partners at one of the firms um, involved in this. I'll remember the name in a minute, but it's one of those extremely long architect uh, company names. And I, I, I started off our chat by asking what it was that had got her and her practice involved in Bike Week? It started off with a series of bike rides that I thought it would be good to do for the Biennale. And it just mushroomed. I mean, we're, just, we're passionate about bikes with the architectural practice. Um, it's a very sustainable practice, so m- most people cycle. We've got a whole fleet of bikes that people use. 
So we wanted to do something that was connected to cycling. And one of the main factors that stop people getting on their bikes in London is the lack of secure bike parking. And we thought, as we're architects, this is an area where we can make a difference. So we thought we'd launch a, a competition. And then we thought, well, if we're going to do a competition, let's do an exhibition. And then we thought, well, if we're doing an exhibition, let's do a seminar. And if we're doing a seminar, let's do three seminars. And it just became a ridiculously monster of a mission. It's high time it happened really. I mean London is the fastest growing cycling city in Europe and it's just gone ballistic over the last five years with you know, all sorts of factors contributing to that. You've really got to get the infrastructure in place to keep cyclists on their bikes and using the city and if they can't park their bikes secure in the knowledge that they're going to be there when they come back and there isn't just going to be one bent old wheel left for them then you know there's, there's no point really so we're just trying hard to make that happen. Well, that was Stephanie Laslett of Field and Clegg Bradley Architects, catchy name. Um, and anyway, she is one of the leading lights in an exhibition called Reinventing the Bike Shed. And its curator is a guy called Adam Thorpe, um, who does all kinds of work with Central St. Martin's School of Art and Design, also with Vex Generation, um, a man of many hats. Um, and uh, I asked him to show me around the uh, exhibition that he'd curated and I started by asking him what it was that had got him involved in the project in the first place. I work with St. St. Martin's College of Art and Design um, as a research fellow there, as well as the work I do with Vex Generation as a designer. And um, I met up with Field and Clegg Bradley Associates um, architects who were launched the competition with Blueprint at Velarution, that great bike shop. And I was there talking about the research that we've been doing within the Design Against Crime Initiative at St Martin's College because what I was interested in doing was stopping people nicking my bike. Um, and I thought that you could do that by designing bikes that were harder to steal, as well as being great bikes first and foremost, obviously, or designing bike parking that actually made it less like your bike would be nicked. Well, we're standing here in a kind of forest of bicycle locks that are hanging from the ceiling. Um, all different kinds. They look to me like they're the kind of uh, better end of the market, more secure end of the market than, your, your, than what, a lot of what you see around. Our thing is, okay, well, it might be really secure, but it's really expensive as well. And, and really heavy. Really heavy. So hence the fact that here they're all sort of located in a position where you can actually lift them all up. That's why we've sort of strung them up them, like yeah, So yeah. you can lift them up and see whether you could be asked to carry it around with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a great idea. Really, what we decided to do in the end was to show show what the current, current goings on were in terms of bike parking, bike parking facilities and locks, bike security and what was being done and what wasn't being done and also to show the student competition entries, um, TfL have backed it, Government Office of London have backed it and that's what enabled us to do the bigger exhibition and we worked with our friends and colleagues Ansel and Associate to um, develop the design space and deliver it. Well, shall we go and have a look at some of the competition entries and you can uh, uh, say what you think are some interesting things that people have come up with. So how many entries were there? Uh, many entries. The ones that ended up coming across our sort of desk on the judging panel was... Um, the, the there were so many entries, you don't know how many entries there were. That's the one, which is good news yeah. for the bike shed. <laughs> so we're left with nine, nine here that we've ended up as our sort of shortlist, if you like. And they range from taking over sort of not very used, underused, sort of uh, un under 
under bridges, underneath the bridge, railway bridges. All right, I think this is the, this is the one where the bike is put on a rack, kind of vertically, and then it's kind of hoisted up in the air. That's right. Yeah, no, Which I've is not I've seen that one. Before. Not the newest idea, exactly. But the thing we liked about that one was the appropriation of space. Yeah, so you've got yeah. a crappy old space under a bridge, and it's like, well, why don't you turn that into a well-lit, sort of dry, yeah. it's already dry space that's you know can be used for that. Also, some of the other more sort of ambitious architectural projects ended up. Uh, coming up with stuff that was uh, the idea that you might have these multi-storey uh, skyscraper um, bike parks that uh, showed you how many spaces were empty and how many were full by a green or a red light. So you end up having this sort of beacon in the middle of the city. Amazing. Showing you what was going on. Kind of like Thundercats. Of, yeah, how many people are using bikes, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so probably, you know, is it glowing all red, is it glowing all green? Um, you know, biomimetic bike parking. What on earth is that? Bike tree. A bike tree. So, so here we've, the got, ideas we've before, got a drawing of, a, of, a, of essentially a metal tree, no leaves, just branches. And, and how do the bikes get up in the air? Um, I think you winch them up. up. Yeah, you winch them is up. Is that a security device so that you would I guess only have the key to get them down? Or are these all well, of these things really involving people, really security thought, guards monitoring? They haven't really thought about on. the security aspect on this one too much. But I suppose it's secure as much as you can't reach it, but it's insecure as much as you can just wind it down. I mean, we've got already in Bikeoff sort of ideas, designs that sort of go along this route, but our security solution is somewhat different. I'll whisper it to you later. That one there, Venus, was it Venus Module 1? So the idea is that you'd sort of have your, have your bike being sort of snapped inside a, inside a case, like a fly being caught in a Venus flytrap. We were talking to TfL about something similar, but we thought it should be an oyster shell rather than a Venus flytrap, so you could access it with your oyster card. Very clever. <laughs> Multimodal transport solutions. Yeah, they, they need to rig up the oyster card with those um, hire bikes like they have the in Berlin. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I, saw, I saw that over there. Yeah. Should we wander over and take a look at that? In Berlin, their one's called D-Balm. Um, the thing about the one in Berlin, though, apparently it's not doing too well at the moment because you can get open access on the internet for the codes. Right. So you go on the internet, you can get the codes, you can hire them for free. So they're not doing so well. Um, well it's just reverting to the traditional white bicycle. White bicycle, exactly. Technology finds a way. Um, the one they've got here, I don't know if it's been hacked yet. The Oi bike seems to be... Um, it's been, basically, it's only been piloted, really, in Hammersmith and Fulham. And it seems to be pretty good, but to make it really work, obviously, it needs to be taken on a broader, broader spectrum, because otherwise, you know, you could walk a lot of those distances and you get charged until you put the bike back. So if there aren't enough places for you to put the bike back, then you're going to get charged so all day. If you're going to get charged all day, you're not going to use it. It needs a big critical mass yeah, exactly. to, uh, to, to make it work as an infrastructure. Yeah. This Amsterdam one's pretty amazing. 2,500 bikes in a multi-storey bike park outside Central Station in Amsterdam. That's quite awe-inspiring. And I wonder, though, how many of these bike parks, the bikes have just been abandoned forever? Because whenever I look at bike parks around town, it looks like there's a lot of shoddy old bikes which someone's just left there and forgotten about. I mean, do they yeah. get cleared out? Well, most of the time they don't get cleared out, but some of the research that's been going on down at the bike off, um, basically outside uh, St. Martin's College of Art and Design in Southampton Road, it's on the hotspots for theft in Camden. And that's where I got, the only time I spent any proper money on a bike, I got it nicked within three weeks. And that's why I thought, right, OK, let's try and stop some of that happening. But it's the hot spot in Camden for bike theft, apparently. So we made 8,000 observations of people locking their bikes up, student body mainly, locking their bikes up out there. And um, 
we found that amongst those observations, if you find a derelict, if there's a derelict bike left there, then people don't want to park next to it, even if it's in the most prime location, i.e. closest to the doorway, they still won't park around it. So it's a detractor to people actually parking their bikes. So they should have people taking those crappy ones away if they want more people cycling, but they don't. When will the uh, competition be announced and will the winner get their concept made into reality? It's a bit confusing. There's a student competition that's run from March until June and the results of the student competition, they get cash and you know, if anyone wants to make their ideas, then great. You know, there's a couple of them that look quite interesting. Um, but at the same time, the student competition results really, plus this sort of benchmarking of what's already out there and the fact that it's located within the London Architectural Biennale means that what we're really doing is saying, come on architects, you know, don't just build your building and then the last, last minute go, oh shit, to get my planning permission, I need to squeeze, a, squeeze a, you know, one bike per two desks into this place. I know what I'll do, I'll phone up one of these sort of Sheffield stand uh, providers and just jam them around the back somewhere. And what we're saying is, listen, it's something that should be treated more positively. You know, we've designed a great space around it and an interesting exhibition around it. You, know, you as an architect, there's some good opportunities to design, do some good design work there. And that's what we're hoping they'll do. So that's what Blueprints Competition is about, it's being launched now. And the results of that will be in September. So let's see if the pros can do any better. Well, that was Adam Thorpe at the opening event of the Reinventing the Bike Shares exhibition, which is down um, on Tooley Street in London Bridge. Um, it's under the archways down there. Um, you can enter through the archway or you can actually just walk in through on your bike the um, enormous bike shop down there and it's open until the 25th of June and the uh, exhibition is open every day until 9 o'clock um, in the evenings on weekdays and I think uh, probably a little bit earlier maybe 7 o'clock or so in the, the weekend um, so it runs through till 25th of June and I really think it's a great exhibition they've done a fantastic job it's really stimulating um, design um, and a kind of real celebration of, of the possibilities that are offered by um, bicycles um, in cities like, like our city. Well, you may have heard Adam Thorpe mention the Velarusian bike shop um, in the little chat we had just a moment ago. And uh, it's to Velarusian that we turn now and the Christiania bike. Velarusian is an amazing bike shop. It's um, on Great Titchfield Street in the West End. Uh, it's not been around for very long, but it's definitely the bike shop in London that, to me, has the most flair. I mean, there are some fantastic bike shops that have been around for ages. Um, like Condor and uh, Bicycle Workshop. But I think in terms of doing things that are inspiring um, about urban cycling and, and coming up with new ideas um, and organizing events, uh, it's hard to beat Velarusian. And of course, they have a fantastic blog, uh, velarusian.biz, which has got all kinds of quirky odds and ends news, some important, some a bit frivolous, curious, um, also worth checking out. Um, they've been running a Event, uh, a series of events called A, B or C um, which is about Amsterdam, Berlin or Copenhagen which should be the model um, city for London's development as a bicycling city and 
when it came to the the C day, the C event, um, the Copenhagen event, the focus was very much on the Christiania tricycle, which is um, an amazing invention. Um, it was conceived by Lars Engstrom as a gift for his wife, Annie Lercher, about 20 years ago. Um, she'd been expecting or hoping for a nice lightweight racing bike to go tearing around town and the Danish countryside probably, um, but he made her a tricycle um, with which she could transport the kids and take them around or anything else that was large and bulky and wouldn't fit on a normal bicycle. Um, and it's since gone on to be voted 20 years later the sixth greatest Danish design icon ever. And for a country like Denmark that is uh, not short of good design, that's really saying something. So at this uh, event at, down at Velarusian a couple of weeks ago, um, Lars and Annie, the two inventors and, and uh, still the people who are running the Christiania uh, bicycle project, um, with a tricycle project, were there to talk about um, their invention. Um, and also Andrea Casalotti, who runs the Velarusian shop, and Laurelie Barker, who is a absolute Christiania tricycle convert. And um, I asked the four of them what they liked most about the bike. I started by asking Lars where the idea had come from at the very, very beginning. I gave the first one to Annie, my wife. And then uh, we, 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 we use this for our carrying our children around. And then uh, suddenly everybody was running after us and they were discussing who was number two, who was number two, and, and number three and four, because uh, they were happy with this uh, bike. All the... And this was when? It was in uh, 84, 84, yeah. And what kind of uses have people found for these um, tricycles? This is children. Yeah, children mostly, and then of course uh, post, and we have uh, taxi driving, we have uh, yeah, ice cream, beer bike, uh, you name beer it. Beer bike, what's a beer you bike? You name it, yeah, you can also carry a, a, a gallon of beer around and serve it uh, uh, for restaurants and things like that. <laughs> so let's take a closer look at the, at the mechanics. Talk me through why you came up with this particular design. Oh, the design. Yeah, I think uh, I think I should go to the users because uh, actually it was a user who ex explained to me what to do. So I will give uh, give the design for, uh, to the to the users uh, of this bike. So you've got the box at the front on top of two 24-inch wheels with disc brakes, and then it, and that makes it more manoeuvrable than having the weight carried at the back. Is that right? And and better for the people who've been carried in the that the kids have been carried in the vehicle? I will say the most uh, important thing it is to have the kids in the front. Uh, this is safe and also uh, the driver feels safe that you can control what the kids are doing. This is, this is number one. This is really number one. Uh -huh. And um, have you got, got a gears at the back going up hills? You have a gear uh, back going up hills, of course, but it's always better going downhill. <laughs> Andrea, I mean, what, what, what impresses you about the design? I mean, your, your shop is filled with um, the most extraordinary um, and fantastic bicycles with all different kinds of design innovations. What do you like particularly about this bicycle? Tricycle, I should say. Well, it's the functionality. I mean, it is uh, uh, the best uh, loader for, I mean, it has the, the box 
uh, you can carry so much uh, stuff in the box. So not only you can put your children, but you can put uh, the toddler's bikes, uh, you can go shopping at the same time, and the rideability. It rides very nicely. Uh, myself, I was, uh, I was uh, 10 days ago, I was in uh, Suffolk, and I did about, uh, 10, uh, about 100 kilometers in a couple of days. So it rides very nicely. Uh, it's a very uh, smooth rider, a very, uh, you can slalom through traffic. So it's really, it's the functionality that's uh, that it's the winning. Annie, this has transformed in the period of maybe 20 years from a kind of slightly unwanted, disappointing birthday present to yeah, you into true, the yeah. sixth greatest yes. icon of Danish design. What's it been like to be involved in uh, this and running this project? I, yeah, generally it has been uh, hard work. That must be the main word. Uh, but it, it is very, um, you feel very happy that the idea has borne through, that it is, uh, we have succeeded to change the mentality and, and uh, made a need for, for the population, mainly in the town. To, for us it was a suggestion, what can we do to, to get rid of all the cars? Uh, a lot of people talked of all this pollution, pollution, and uh, you could see it, you could feel it, but nobody did anything. And what do they sell for? Because they're not mass-produced um, yet. Hopefully one day they'll be mass-produced, which will bring the cost down. So they are an expensive item compared to other bikes, although not, I suppose not compared to a car, which is the alternative. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, what I always say to people, once you buy this, you stop paying. Instead, you stop paying for either bus journeys or uh, for your uh, <coughs> car insurance or whatever. You buy this and you stop paying. So the, 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 as far as prices, uh, the children's uh, trikes uh, range between uh, 1,250 pounds and 1,500 pounds according to how many gears, the type of uh, cover you put, the type of seats you put, there are various options. And uh, cargo are a little bit uh, cheaper because there are less things to put on, let's say. Well, we've been hearing in the background yes, oh, the, the, the sound of Hugo, who is um, anxious to get going um, on his ride back to King's Cross, uh, powered um, by his mother, Laura Lee, who's got a Christiania bicycle and has been here evangelising about the merits of uh, this, this mode of transport. What attracted you to, to, to getting one of these? Well, when I first saw it, I, the fact that the children were in the front, you could see them, um, you... You were very visible in the traffic. I think um, I first saw it in Denmark and, and just thought, what a fantastic idea, as opposed to the trailers or even the cars, the, um, the, the seats, you know, on the back of a bicycle. It just made such a lot more sense. And I, I, I mean, safety was one of the issues that I really was concerned about when I thought about transportation for the kids. And, you know, this, this is by far the safest way to get children, you know, to and from school. And, how, and you've got three children. Yes, I've got three children. And they can all fit in? Yes. And you can manage to uh, get them around? It's, or is it quite a, quite a strain on the, on the legs? Well, for the time being, it's a bit like Sisyphus, though. You know, every, in, every the, month they're getting yeah, bigger yeah, and heavier. Bigger and bigger. And uh, I'm getting, a girlfriend of mine said, well, it's a gift that keeps on giving. I'm getting fitter and fitter as they get bigger and bigger. <laughs> That's true. Well, enjoy your ride back. Thank you very, very much. It's a, it's a great idea and something that works very well in London. Well, I was talking there with um, Lauralee Barker, Andrea Casalotti, um, Lars Engstrom and Annie 
Lercher. Uh, apologies for any mispronunciation of Danish names there. Um, they were talking um, and giving me some more information about the Christiania tricycle, which hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more of on the streets of London and the streets of the United Kingdom. Um, a couple of words about some of the architectural rides that are going on this week. Um, there's uh, Change and Exchange on Friday the 23rd of June um, with Nigel Stevenson and Ke uh, Ken Grieg of Grieg and Stevenson Architects. Um, that's 6am uh, to 9am on Friday, so that's a before work one. Um, looking at uh, different London markets and it starts at the New Market Pub, 26 Smithfield Street, um, EC1, and uh, takes in Borough, Billingsgate, uh, Smithfield, and Covent Garden markets. Um, on Saturday, from 10.30 till 1 in the uh, morning um, and early afternoon, is the water cycle, uh, guided by architect, architect Sunand Prasad, looking at a tour, uh, tour of London's waterways, uh, lakes and rivers, and the architecture that accompanies them, uh, meeting at the rather ghastly Diana Princess of Wales Memorial Fountain at 10.30. Um, and one that I'm particularly attracted to, I hope I'll be able to get along to, for it, is the uh, Hidden Gems South of the River ride, which is on Sunday the 25th of June from 10.30am to 1pm, starting at the Southwark Needle on the south side of London Bridge, um, that's London SE1, um, going around, um, being led by the editor of Blueprint magazine, Vicky Richardson, um, and it, she's going to be leading a tour exploring the mystery and wonder of South London, characterised by elegant Georgian squares and contemporary public spaces. Well, that's what it says here. And one of the organisers of this ride, co-organisers of this ride, and many of the other fantastic events that's going on um, in Bike Week, is the redoubtable um, Barry Mason, coordinator of Southwark Cyclists, and uh, it wouldn't be uh, right to have a show during Bike Week without a quick word from Barry. So I caught up with him and asked him what he was most looking forward to this week. Oh, it's, it's got to be the Midsummer Madness ride. I mean, this is number six now, and we, we had about 300 people last year. And this is starting in Greenwich at 2 a.m. Wednesday morning, the 21st, and um, threading its way through London, picking up odd, odd people and cyclists all the way through to include Barrow Italia and Soho, and then going out to the top of Primrose Hill, seeing the sunrise at 4.43 in the morning. So this is a solstice ride? This is a summer solstice on the longest day of the year, and I get bored saying there's magic about, but it really is a magical evening. I mean, cycling through the city of London at 2 in the morning is fantastic. Cycling down from Primrose Hill through Regent's Park at 5.30 in the morning is fantastic. There's no one around, it's lovely. And the sunrise is wonderful. Um, and this year, um, we're going over the Wobbly Bridge and then straight into the Globe, who are opening the Globe Theatre on Bankside, that thatched one with no roof. Um, we're going in there for breakfast at 6 o'clock in the morning. So there's going to be no greasy calf breakfast, as there have been in previous years. So the greasy calf is just not big enough. Uh, well, I'm, no, I miss the greasy calf, but we did we did the greasy calf breakfast last year after summer solstice, and we did the globe breakfast. Um, but somehow the two things are coalesced. to join Barry Mason and probably a few hundred others, hopefully including me, 
um, for a thrill up on the hill, that being Primrose Hill, on the night of midsummer. That's Tuesday evening, Tuesday night, going into Wednesday morning. Um, come along. There are various feeder rides going on, um, and I think people start to convene around about two o'clock in the morning at London Bridge, and then heading over to Soho and up the hill, and then back down to the Globe um, Theatre on the South Bank for some breakfast. about it for this week's bike show hope you enjoy bike week next week we're going to be back um, with a bit of a stateside flavor to the bike show Kieran Yates the traveling uh, bike show correspondent is riding his fixed wheel bicycle from the Canadian border border down to New Orleans and um, it all sounds everything's going well he's having some interesting uh, moments out on the road um, but uh, he sent me some tapes of of what's been going on and I'll be putting together some of those for next week's show. And until then, chapeau, enjoy Bike Week. Clear Spot is up next. <laughs>